Welcome to the Well-Designed Podcast. I'm your host, Brady Healy, and together with my friend and co-host, Kyle Wood, we'll share how we're integrating human design into our own lives. We're both entrepreneurs in the wellness space, navigating running our own businesses while being present in our personal lives, all without burning out in the process. In this episode, we'll include plenty of practical tools to get you unstuck and feel more in flow. Let's get started. Welcome to Well Designed. I'm Brandy Healy, your host, and I'm here today with my co-host, Kyle Wood. Kyle, do you want to say hello? hello? Yes, I'll say hello quickly. And we're super excited because we have our second guest on today. So I am so grateful and feel very fortunate to not only have this person on as a guest, but to call this person one of my close friends, Gina Velez. Gina is a self-love coach and therapist in training. Gina, would you like to say hello? Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Kyle and Brandy. Yep. We're thrilled to kind of branch out into having guests on the podcast and being able to chat with them about the work that they do in the wellness space and, you know, how that shows up for them. So fun little story. Gina and I met almost four years ago during our 200 hour yoga teacher training and have we're fast friends and have been friends ever since. So, you know, it's now coming full circle. I have a podcast. Gina also has a podcast. We will link in the show notes. Um, And, you know, we're super excited to have you on and to just chat with you about, about the work that you do. So, you know, if you don't mind, I would love for you to share, like, how did you come into the wellness space? Like, how did you, you know, I guess, first find yoga? And, you know, how has that transmuted into the work that you do today? Yeah, so that's a, that's like a good, that's a great question. When I was nine, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. And part of my the therapeutic process that I was, um, the work that I was doing with my psychologist was, you know, learning how to self-regulate, learning how to work with this new brain basically that I had. Um, and then when I got into high school, just learning how to manage the anxiety and, um, depression that I was feeling. And then when I got into college, I started doing transcendental meditation and that was like my first introduction to this world of mindfulness and and learning how to still the mind and look inward and then yoga after that as a way to just like keep my body healthy as a dancer as a performer and then I lived in New York and that city is crazy and wonderful at the same time. (laughs) And I was in show business and was like, I'm losing my mind. I need to, I need something to help me, you know, regulate. So Mm -hmm. I started a a regular meditation practice and I started um, doing yoga more consistently. And then I just kind of got hooked. It was as if I didn't want to go a day or two without doing any of those practices And so I would say for the last about a good 10 years, I have meditated almost every day. And then um, yoga has been like the most consistent form of movement that I Mm -hmm. have ever um, stuck to. So yeah, that's kind of my, my journey into wellness. And then of course, you know, you get into the yoga, the meditation, and what you don't realize is that you're going to probably go down this, this slide of, um, taking care of yourself in a more nurturing way and eliminating the things that are no longer serving you. And you, you hear that in your practice or you hear your teacher say these things and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But eventually it settles into your subconscious. And then you're looking at things through the lens of like, is this going to, is this a loving choice for me? Or is this in my, uh, you know, my highest and best interest? And, um, eventually you're like, I don't want to do anything that isn't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So good. So good. I didn't know, I didn't realize that 
you had been diagnosed with Tourette's when you were a kid. Mm, so, yeah. you know, you've been on this wellness journey for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really lucky in the support that I had um, in going through that that time because um, the psychologist that I had did like binaural beat therapy and um some other like what I at the time I was like this is so woo woo and weird I don't know what is happening but it was helping (laughs) and um now that I'm you know really into the holistic and integrative health care I'm like oh my gosh she was so ahead of her time I like I wish I had (laughs) right I wish I had appreciated it more then but now I can integrate all of that into my own therapeutic process and kind of continue that legacy of where she left off so good yeah yeah one of my childhood friends had Tourette's and I don't remember him doing anything like that (laughs) like for the treatment you know I think it was more like medication he go to this like different school uh and stuff like that you know he was like he was kind of like put in a box of like your ability level is only this especially like school wise Mm -hmm. um whereas like my experience as being friends with him for like 30 plus years uh is is not that is <laughs> like, you know, he's perfectly capable <laughs> human being. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I did pick that up in your podcast. They actually had Tourette's. So I was like, Ooh, we should uh, talk about that. Cause it'd be interesting to hear your perspective. And interestingly, I'm pretty sure he's a projector as well. So he's the oh. same human design type to you. That's pretty yeah, cool. So yeah. Gina, like Kyle is a splenic projector. So we'll yeah, we're be... going to talk about your spleen today. <laughs> please don't remove it (laughs) which is crazy because I actually just talked to somebody in real life that had their spleen removed and I was like (gasps) my goodness I hope that that wasn't their authority (laughs) (laughs) they're like apparently you can live without it I didn't want to break the news to her that like (laughs) some people probably shouldn't a good human design joke <laughs> yeah right yeah it, it it wasn't the right in the right room the, wasn't <laughs> the right room for that but <laughs> yep so you know talk to me a little bit about how you first discovered human design and when you found out like you were a projector and what that mm. meant like mm-hmm. what came up for you because you know it can be a permission slip for some and it can also be very affronting others yeah yeah you know it was a permission slip I remember feeling so like I I had this burden removed off of my shoulders that like oh okay this explains so much now and yes it gave me the permission to use my energy in a way that worked for me because I had been so conditioned to the hustle, the grind. And if it, if it doesn't feel good, that's okay. Don't listen to that authority. Just go with whatever the dominant cultures, um, telling you to do. And when you first explained you're a projector, you show up to be seen. I was like, okay, first of all, what does that mean? (laughs) But second of all, Mm Because it was just so beyond my grasp of like, I don't make the first move. Like how, what is that? Like, how is anything going to happen? And Mm. you were like, no, you still make the effort. You show up, but you let people come to you that you're the magnetic one. You let people be drawn into you and they make the first move that then gives you the invitation in. And I was like, oh, and once I thought back on all of the big moments in my life, it's always been, I show up to be seen. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? If you want, you can pick me. If not, I'm like totally fine with that. And all of the best things that have ever happened have come from that kind of um, interaction. Wow. Yeah. I, I, that, that resonates with, with my experience as well, of first becoming a projector and actually same initially being like, wait, what, I can't make things happen. But then you're yeah, having a think, about it and it's like oh yeah there was always like an invitation there and those moments that like 
really propelled things forward. Um, and the showing up to be seen is such a big, big one. Like, uh, I remember years ago when I was doing a bit of stuff around like male friendships, like friendships between two men. And like, that was one of the things that we would practice is like going, going first in, in that, like you show up first and like be vulnerable first. And then, and then that, and that's like very much, that's that like being seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but then that gives the other person an opportunity to then like invite you in if they want to like continue that conversation or, or have that connection. Yeah. It's so important to have that understanding Otherwise, you're just spinning your wheels, going like, "What's wrong with me? Am I yeah. <laughs> am I broken? Like, why why is does, why isn't this working the way in which it works for other people?" And then once you have that awareness, it it's an epiphany, and you can kind of relax and and find the ease in it. Yeah. Yeah. And Gina, I think that you do such a beautiful job of being seen in the work that you do on your social media, through your podcast, like really communicating to people what it is that you do and how you're available to serve them, which, you know, that is something that I struggle with tremendously as a projector. And like, I, you know, I watch you do it and it's just like, ugh, goals right there. And, you know, I'm really curious how your background in theater and in musical theater and performing arts has maybe supported that. If that's something that's crossed your mind, like, you know, you, you spent so much time in that world, as you had mentioned. Um, I'm, I'm curious if that was something that was ever a struggle for you, or maybe it's just, a, it, maybe it still is just behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a, it's a layered um, a process or, or something that I go through. But I would definitely say that Per, my performing arts background has lent itself really well to showing up and being vulnerable in a performance or in a, an audience type setting. And when I can like put the, um, this is my business, I am a personality right now on social media, even on my podcast, this is a facet of me that is authentic to me. I'm not putting on a a show, but I am Mm -hmm. tapping into a very specific part of myself. And then I'm able to just be. And that that is also what we do as actors. We tap into these vulnerable parts of ourselves and we allow that to transcend into the role and we can then step out at the end of the night and go like okay I'm still me and that role is still that character but I also know where the lines are drawn and that's the same thing with like showing up on social media and I had only made that connection like a couple of months ago where I thought oh if I can just perspective shift and see me posting videos on Instagram or TikTok and recording my podcast as the self-love coach Gina, then I can take the pressure off of it being all of me and that I have to give all of me away. And that was very like protective of those like vulnerable parts within me. Um, And then going to back to the projector of like showing up to be seen and waiting for the invitation as a performer, you're just auditioning all the time and you're literally showing up to be seen all the time. <laughs> and to be invited, right? Like and to, to be, be invited, invited, invited yes. into a job. Yeah. Your yeah. agent calls you and is like, come in for this audition. They want to see you for this role. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go see if I can get seen at this audition. It's, it's very much the same vernacular, but oh gosh, just in a so different, wild. yeah, I just, I had no idea that I was like, oh yeah, I was definitely in the perfect <laughs> career for myself at that time and this this uh transition into this career also is the same so fun fact kyle is also a former musical theater i love it yeah yeah. i'm I'm listening along to this like with with uh with a lot of interest because um because yeah i really struggle with the 
social media stuff. And I have thought about that. So I, I guess what comes up for me is, uh, which is, just, you know, like I probably can answer this myself, but I want to hear your answer <laughs> if it's not for you. <laughs> so do you feel it doesn't feel disingenuous because it's, because it's your, your kind of clarifying, like, I mean, you worked as a performer, so you kind of see creating that content and things like that as, as a performance as, as and it, that's okay because it's part of your work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there are certain people who have earned the right to see all of me and, um, the people who I'm, I'm posting to, I mean, realistically they just haven't and that's okay and that's like the beauty of social media is that we get to pick and choose which parts of ourselves we want to um express and so i think the balance is finding the the dance between how can i be as authentic and truthful to myself in this moment and to this, these people who are watching these videos, so they don't feel like it's disingenuous. They don't feel like it's a performance or like I'm I'm uh, a character in a play, but that I am showing up as fully and authentically as this boundary will allow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that reminds me, Gina and I worked with the same business coach. And one of the things that she said in her podcast was that, she likes to be share things that are personal but not private Mm -hmm. and so I think it's like for each of us to determine what that is right and saying like this is something that's personal that makes people know me but maybe that's not private that as you mentioned like these people haven't earned access to yes um so that's something that I you know that sounds like, you know, coincides with, with what you're saying as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Keeps you safe, you know, and it keeps the people around you safe and keeps the audience safe. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Healthy boundaries are. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I like that perspective shift. Yeah. And it's like, and each of us get to decide what those are, right? It's yes. like yeah. no one else gets to tell us, like, what is personal versus private or what our boundaries are. So, um, you know, Oh, please. I was going to say, it reminds me of when I used to run boot camps. Like I was definitely boot camp instructor, Kyle, like (laughs) (laughs) that was like a version of me. And, and that was always just a thing with any sort of training. It was about the client, not me. So yeah, I didn't bring my shit into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And instead, focused on if they wanted to bring their stuff into it that was fine um because you know it's a private relationship but yeah make it about them not about um about me so yeah it definitely was you know even getting people going at six o'clock in the morning which you both will probably know if you run <laughs> yes. you know, brand yeah. new front classes you know so you is like, also a 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> You know, that, that is a good perspective shift for me. And I think I am able to approach that with email, but for whatever reason, social media is a sticking point for me. I don't know if it's because there's like people who do know me like in day-to-day life who also follow me on there and it feels really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just give me weird faces over here. Yeah. That feels really weird. Anyway, we don't let, let's, I don't want to get us bogged into like a full hour discussion you, on social media. I, but, we're, uh, we're like wanting to get projected by Gina on what our hanger, hangups are right now. And yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. We're going to have to have you back and like self love coach us through that because Kyle and I suffer <laughs> yes. from the yeah, same thing. Can we thing. do a reversal episode? Yeah. yeah. Keep oh it my on gosh. you this episode. Let's yeah. do it. And, and do us. A hundred percent. So this one is about you. (laughs) But one of the other things that you said about like wearing this hat, right? Of like Gina, the self-love coach. I think that we all do that. And Kyle just mentioned the same thing. Like there was boot camp Kyle, right? Like we kind of change these personas throughout our day. Like I have Brandy, the mom, I have Brandy, you know, the human design guide. I have Brandy who shows up in my day job. Like, these none of them are less me than another they're just 
you know, different flavors of myself. So I think that that really lends itself, Gina, to the work that you are embarking on now with internal family systems. And, you know, you talked about, you had kind of mentioned earlier, some of the most important shifts in your life have happened through happenstance and invitation. And this was kind of one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, can you clarify the IFS or this podcast? Well, like, just, I mean, just like your transition into going from like being a yoga teacher to now like being a therapist in training and like the work that you're doing with IFS. Sorry. Thank you. Gotcha. No, no, no. That's okay. That's what I had. I had a feeling, but I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all been like kind of synchronistic and, um, uh, perfectly, I think divinely planned, but I had, considered going back to school to become a therapist for a couple of years and last year you and well you hadn't yet but I had decided to join the yoga boss group and mm-hmm. um at that time the school that I was looking at to do marriage and family therapy was still accepting applications and my friend was like you should just apply and I was like no I'm doing this you know coaching program which ended up being an amazing experience I'm so glad I did it because I learned so much. But at that time, I thought, no, it's just not the right fit for me. I probably don't need to become a therapist. I'll just do my own coaching. And then a year later, she has the same, my friend has the same conversation with me again of like, you know, they still have applications. You still seem interested. And so I showed up to be seen at like this um, meet and greet with a counselor and she invited me to apply and I did. And then I was invited into an interview and invited into like the program. So that was really amazing because I think I, I have always known that this was the right path. I just, I just didn't recognize it. Does that make sense? Like I, I knew on a subconscious level that eventually one day would do that, but <laughs> realistically I didn't. Kyle is like bursting to talk right now. Well, I know we're both like, yeah, so I want it, because that's a pretty big decision. Like you're committing, what is it? Two years? Mm-hmm. Two, two years. Year program? Yeah. Two years full time. Uh, so I did want to check in like you did mention kind of no this knowing which can come with a splenic authority um this intuitive knowing that Mm -hmm. like something is the right path and you say you had that for a while so what was what was kind of getting in the way of just saying yes when you felt like you knew it was the right choice my logical brain (laughs) (laughs) right that that the not the ego voice but the because i think the ego is it, it if we go back to internal family systems, there are so many different voices in our, our heads that we relate to on a daily basis. And I would say the fear of spending the money to go to grad school and the time that it was going to take and the big radical life shifts that would have to happen. And I just thought this, this would be really cool, but in an ideal world. But in my reality, I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to be successful. But really what needed to happen in order to be successful was just say yes to grad school and therein lies the success. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you've been feeling that that sense of success? Yes. Even just making that decision? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, That was a full body hell yes. (laughs) Can you speak more to that? Yeah. So um, when I had that meet and greet with the counselor, it was supposed to be like a 20 minute conversation and we ended up talking for like an hour. And (laughs) I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm nerding out about the brain and about mindfulness and all of this stuff with this counselor who's in the program as well. And I just thought, this is it. This is is where I'm supposed to be right now. And when I went in for my interview, the woman who was interviewing me was so awesome that I thought, I want to be her one day. And I can be her one day, you know, just like (laughs) on the other end of the table and facilitating these conversations with up and coming passionate individuals. And um, yeah, it just all felt 
like this this bubbling this fire not a fire but just this like spark of yes in the body and in the gut wow yeah i I think that's such a i don't know what brady's gonna say but i think that's such a good uh (laughs) example of of splenic authority at work yeah and just that whole like conversation and that feeling recognized and seen uh and then it wasn't like a it was a it sounds like it was a quiet kind of confident yes not like a not like a screamy ragey yelly reactionary (laughs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. well and i think that you know one of the things that comes with Splenic authority is like, this is the most quiet authority, right? And sometimes people say like, if you're not paying attention, you might miss it. And you can't chase after it. It shows up when it shows up, right? But like, I think this is a great example of like, when something is right for you, like that intuitive hit will come back. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Or I didn't, I don't think I recognize that. Yeah, like so it's like yeah. you got it the first time but you like talked yourself out of it. But when it mm-hmm. when it came back, when the opportunity was presented to you again, like you, you got that intuitive hit a second time because it was still a right decision for you. Yes. All right, that makes so much sense. <laughs> You know, like right before we started, started rec- recording, we were chatting about how similar internal family systems is to, you know, how we talk about like the different parts of our design. And although sometimes they conflict, you know, they're all a part of us. So, you know, for someone that is not familiar with internal family systems, can you give like the elevator pitch, the headline of what what internal family systems is and, you know, what what about the system really drew you to, you know, want to wanting to be a facilitator? Yeah. So, I'll just start with the fact that I haven't gone through any formal trainings for IFS yet. Mm-hmm. That's on my yep. to-do list very soon, but I'm working with an IFS therapist and I read uh, Dick Schwartz's book no bad parts. And that really was a, an aha moment for me of like, we demonize the ego so much. And, and a lot of the, um, work that, that we do in the like shadow work and all that stuff. And it's like your shadow and your ego and, but it, they're, it's not, they're not bad and they're serving a purpose. And this book reminded me that, yes, we don't, there are no bad parts, they're all there and they all just want to be loved. There's ju- they're just forced into these roles that um, we have put them into in times of trauma or great duress. And so um, internal family systems is a an evidence-based model of therapy that basically looks at your internal world, like your mind, through the lens of multiplicity. So you... Um, it, think of think of um, Inside Out, Disney's Inside oh. Out. It's Such I think it's <laughs> it's brilliant, and I'm I I always refer to that movie when people go ask me about internal family systems. Yeah. I just say go watch the movie; it'll explain most of it. It doesn't get all of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The you way the in which gist. you get the gist, though, and it's really helpful to view to to use that as as your like springboard but yeah so like we have joy we have sadness we have what is it rage fear anger and anger uh disgust right but there's there are even more cast of of a cast of characters inside our head and they're all working together or interacting together I should say some of them don't work well together and that's you know (laughs) our job when we are led by this uh, loving presence within us called self, that is the work that that is being done in this model is that we are are learning how those parts can more effectively work together to create a harmonious and loving system, um, which a family is a system. Mm. So that's, that's really, you're looking at your brain as if you were looking at your external family. This is now your internal family. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... <laughs> yeah, because when I first heard the term um, internal family systems, I was like, "Has this? is this, like, got to do with, like, passed down, like, trauma and stuff like that? <laughs> so it was really helpful. I listened... You've got a podcast episode. I'll link to it in the show notes where you explain it really well. I mean, you just explained it very well then as well. But, um, yeah, for people who want to know a bit more. Right on. I, and I... And I I do I do have a way I want to tie that back to human design, Brandy, if Please. that's right, if you don't have a... So you mentioned ego a few times because I think human design has like a really positive way of looking at ego as well. So one of the centers, so when people are looking at their chart, I don't know if you... Have you looked at your chart, Gina, with all like the shapes and the lines connecting? Yeah. I have. So one of those, it's this little triangle um, next to our identity that's called... Well, it's called the willpower center sometimes, but it's also like called the ego center. And um, yeah, we don't really look at that as, I mean, you can definitely be like in the shadow, but mostly we look at that as a positive thing because that's a source of energy in human design that can be what we call like a motor center. So it can actually create that sense of like getting things done, getting things finished all the way through to completion. Yeah, so looking like... at it in that positive way, Brandy will come in because Brandy's great at explaining <laughs> and describing the <laughs> the those different aspects, the centers. Well, yeah, like and so one of the things that you know, Gina, on your chart, your ego center is undefined, and so mm-hmm. it's white; it's not shaded in, and you have some of your gates defined in there. But like when the ego center is undefined, that means that you know you have a willpower that ebbs and flows. So very similar to like a projector, your energy that ebbs and flows, your willpower also ebbs and flows. Um, This is also where we hold our self-worth. So your sense of self-worth can also ebb and flow. So when you have an awareness of what it looks like to be in the shadow of this, so maybe at times when you might feel down on yourself or you might not feel motivated, whether it's in your work or in your relationships to like, no, oh, that's just a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And in my wisdom, I know that I have nothing to prove. That I don't need to force myself to keep doing, to keep going, to be motivated. Or I don't need to force myself to make choices out of a need to prove. I can trust my intuitive knowing to make decisions that are in alignment for me versus making decisions from my ego. Yes. And one of the amazing things about open centers is like, these are the places that we're really sensitive. And also they're here where we learn lessons, but they're also where we teach lessons. So I think in the work that you do, you teach people the value of self-love and self-acceptance. And it's like (laughs) such a beautiful embodiment of this open center that you have in your chart. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense because I think in order to teach self-love and self-acceptance, one needs to be able to speak from that place of truth. And I know what it's like to be in a place of self-loathing and that all the lessons I learned to get to this place of self-love, I I now want to share it with as many people as possible because it's one, it is possible to learn how to love yourself. And two, in the times that you forget or the times that you don't even have the capacity to love yourself, okay, what are some practices that you can do that can remind those parts of you that you're safe, mm-hmm. that you're enough, that you can choose the loving um, part, the the loving thoughts as opposed to the fear-based thoughts or the loving actions as opposed to the fear-based actions. Oh, so good. So, so good. And what I love that you just spoke to was about you've been there, you've gone through the experiences. I think that that like really naturally lends itself to your profile. So you're a three, six Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Threes do all the things and try all the things and learn all the lessons, which is also the first 30 years of being a six. It's like, <laughs> so it's like 
double down, sister. Like I sure did. <laughs> I always joke. I'm like a cat that's had nine lives, and I'm pretty sure in the, my first thirty years of life, I had about eight of them. So hopefully, this last <laughs> time, things are gonna go well. <laughs> well, what's like what I love is like I met you like right as you were transitioning from that first phase into the next phase. So, you know, from 30 to 50, we call this sitting on the roof. This is when you like, typically like people with sixes, like have like radical life changes. Like you moved back to California, like you started yoga, you, you know, your life is completely different than it was four years ago. Oh my gosh. So different. So different. Right. And you know, so different than it was four years ago. And it's like, you're it for sixes it's like that 30 to 50 is where you take all those lessons from the first 30 years and like distill them down right and like start to refine them and embody them and put them into practice and I remember the first time we sat down to talk about your human design and we talked about that six line and most people when you tell them about the three parts of the six line they're like wait so like my life doesn't get good until I'm 50 you were like oh my god this is amazing I'm like a fine wine I'm just gonna keep getting better and better and like so now that's like my go-to starting point and I'm like so you're a six so it just your life keeps getting better and like let me tell you that is like gold so thank you for that (laughs) yeah talk about perspective shifts right (laughs) totally totally but, you know, it's it's so great to hear you as a three really talk about the value of sharing your experiences, even when they've been challenging. And, like, I think that that goes back to, you know, our earlier part of our conversation. It's like they can be personal without being private. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, Brandy, I have a question for you. And, Kyle, you as well. Do... Mm. Because, you know, Saturn returns, have you guys heard of those? How they happen Mm -hmm. usually every 28 to, what is it, Mm -hmm. 27 to 32 years, I think, is a Saturn return cycle. Does that have anything to do with your three, six lines or whatever someone's lines may be? (laughs) The lines. We are not astrology experts. (laughs) I I do believe that, that yes, because the way the six line is that it does... It correlates um, more to do with it does have more to do with Saturn, so that yeah that that tends to correlate with that, and it's going to be really strong for the people who have that sixth line. Yeah, usually it's like the ones that people I've spoken spoken to. Usually it's like they do a big move, um, big career change, like maybe they got married young, that ends, and then a new relationship starts. Like yeah, it's all around that age, and it's just kind of like it's such a big force. It's this is one thing that pretty consistently shows up even if someone's super out of alignment with their design. I don't know if you found that brandy like it's <laughs> my so my husband has a six line and we started dating right before he turned thirty and you know within like a few like and we had known each other for I don't know, probably two years before we started dating. And so we started dating and like very quickly got married and started our family. (laughs) And like now he's like at the tail end of his sitting on the roof. So he's 46. So, you know, we're heading into the next transition. Or he is. I'm just witnessing. (laughs) I'm along along for the ride. But what's really cool is both of my kids um, have the same profile as my husband. They're both four sixes as well. So, you know, it's really lovely to have a parent that can share their lived experience of what that is like and be a support to that. And even myself carrying a three line can be supportive of my kids going through you know, this first 30 years and like trying to release the need to like make them hold on to things and like encouraging them to try things instead of, uh, you know, stick with the thing because that's what you're supposed to do. And it's like, no, they're, they have the six line and it's like, they're meant to experiment and, and try things and, and, you know, 
learn from those experiences to benefit them in the future. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful, Brandy, as a mom, to give your kids that permission, to teach them how to give themselves that permission to be able to use their energy in a way that is effective for them. Because as adults, we're having to unlearn all of that conditioning in order to relearn something new. And that's much harder to do than it is when they're they're young and their brains are super you know, plastic and they can just figure it out now, like they're going to be miles ahead. Yeah. Here's hoping. (laughs) (laughs) They already are. I know her kids. They're incredible. (laughs) Thank you. We like them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, we've talked a lot about conditioning both in like internal family systems and it's something that comes up a lot in human design. Like whether it's in human design or maybe something that's shown up for you, like is there an area in your own life that you're like, oh, this is a place that like I had to work at in terms of conditioning, whether it's like, you know, in being a projector (laughs) and like not forcing yourself to keep up or maybe any other, you know, part of your design that, you know, has brought more awareness of like, oh, that's been off for me. Yeah, I think I used to use my energy like I was a manifesting generator. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or what's which are the ones that have so much energy and they they like don't need to really rest i mean they all need to rest but yeah all types yeah. need to rest but like both generators and manifesting generators have really consistent energy manifesting generators like are known to operate very quickly but probably because yeah. you're a three manifesting generator probably like because they pick up they do lots of things and pick things up and let things go similar to like having a three Mm, yeah that's the one i like resonate more with like when i was have been out of alignment as a manifesting generator because i don't just have like one interest as well which can can be like manifesting generators tend to like have lots of different be passionate about lots of different things uh we, you know, generalization, but generators can tend to just be like focused on one thing at a time. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely manifesting generator for me of like, oh, I'm going to do like all of the things. And especially when there's recognition there, uh, which, sorry, I know Brandy had a question for you, but yeah, when there's recognition there, that's like, um, oh, you, you're so helpful with this. And I, oh, you, you know, I love that I can always rely on you to get this done. And and that can feel kind of good as a projector because you're like, oh, these people are really recognizing my gifts. But, um, well, they're not, sorry, they're not really recognizing your gifts. They're recognizing like how much you can do. Uh, and so you can sort of fall into this trap where you're like doing lots of things for, for other people because there's... Uh, it'd be interesting how IFS speaks to this, but because there's like <laughs> compliments and affirmation there, uh, but you're not, you've, you've sort of gone away from allowing yourself to rest and really focusing on, really focusing on your gifts and finding the people who really want you to share your gifts with them rather than, uh, you know, as a, as a guy just being like Mr. Dependable, who like will always show up and put his hand up for things and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's funny that you also resonate with the manifesting generator when you're out of alignment because that's that's why I brought it up because I've always I before Brandy read my design, I thought I was a manifest, manifesting generator. I was like, "Oh, for sure, that sounds a lot like me. That's probably it." When she said, "You're a projector." I was like, "What? Are you serious?" And she was like, "You don't create your own energy." And I was like, "What?" But that makes so much sense as to why I burn out so quickly of why I was feeling so depleted all the time. And um, so now I am really intentional about my energy use. And when I'm, I'm like, okay, we're going to do like the, the really like 60, 40 rule instead of 80, 20, it's like 60, 40. So I'll do, (laughs) I'll do like some things. And then I'm, I'm like, no, but I can keep going. And I really have to step in and be like, no, Gina, 
you need to take a break because if you don't take a break, you're going to be, you're literally like robbing Paul to pay Peter later. And so take, take the, take the break now, rebuild your energy, go do something nourishing and then come back to it. Because if I just work straight through something at the end, I'm like a zombie and then I can't function for a few days. So yeah. that's, that was like yeah. an aha moment. Parade. Yes, you always do. Yeah, I found it. Um, I used to be able to operate that way. And uh, a couple of times I became unstuck was when I had a, a generator business partner uh, who I just got caught up. He was like in pretty good alignment and I just got caught up in his energy and we were starting like, they were running like workshops over here and we're starting like a new like business. We're going to like franchise over here. And I was going back to like running sessions and I was like running my existing business and doing all things. And I just crashed like so like deep into a deep well of despair. I remember coming back out of that. I would start off just doing half an hour of work a day because I really couldn't like manage anything more than that. And this was before kids. This is when I had like nothing now. I look back at that. Like, what was he doing? But yeah, I just like pushed myself like way beyond where it needed to go. Um, and then another, and then the other time is after having kids because then I probably still was operating in these like bursts where I would push myself too hard and then relax and push myself too hard and then fall back. And then when I had kids, suddenly I'm already operating like using a certain amount of my energy just being like a dad and trying to be like present and show up and you know maybe we need to talk about some um self-love practices for me <laughs> Gina, yes. we need to have you back on again yeah <laughs> um, i know we're both like coach yes, yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah then i i couldn't do that with my business anymore because i couldn't afford to just be like completely tapped out mm. because my you know, somebody has to pay the rent <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, work-wise, but also, like, somebody, you know, I'm also married to a projector who also need, needs rest. So, like, you know, I can't just, like, tap out and sit around watching TV like I would used to be able to do or playing video games like I used to be able to do. Like, you know, there's things I need to contribute to what's just going on day-to-day in the house as well. So, yeah, but both of those things have been, like, eye-opening and... I've just I've had to change and like find <laughs> new ways to do things and yeah the human design's been really helpful on like learning to prioritize knowing I have that limited energy knowing the importance of waiting for the invitation and how that's that's really there to protect my energy so it's like really trying to focus on those areas of my life where I really feel seen really feel invited in and let go of the other aspects but yeah. It's tough sometimes. Yeah, you said something important there that you were getting caught up in your business partner's energy. And I think mm. that is something we underestimate a lot that we are all energy, like, first and foremost, we are energy inside these like human meat suits, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's so easy to to blend your energy and and to not recognize that you're taking on someone else's and so thank you for sharing about you know having to navigate this as a parent because i can only imagine how challenging that must be when you have you know two little ones to look after and they're you know one is maybe having a meltdown and another one is is like needing something else it's like how do you I don't know. And Brandy, you could probably attest to this too, but like, how do you continue to manage your own energy and not get caught up in, in the, I don't know, maybe the current. Mm-hmm. The human design stuff definitely helps. Like I knowing where your kids are more, most likely to impact you because we can look at where you before Brandy was saying, you know, how like your your willpower, your ego center is open, so you're a bit more impacted. Your self worth and things like that can be impacted by those around you. So knowing where those spots are with your family members can be really helpful because then, you know, Brandy's been really helpful because she has a defined emotional center, also has a daughter with a defined emotional center, which I have, and 
yeah, this is our youngest daughter. She was just beginning to rule rule the house <laughs> with this. She's the one person in the house with this center defined. And like, as soon as she would lose it, and it's very strong, just to recognize that now and being like, it's okay for me because my reaction of like her impacting me is to just is to react and, and try and fix it as quickly as possible. Shut it down. So Shut like, it down. No. Yeah, exactly. No, it's okay for her to feel upset about this. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so quick, change stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, just knowing that that's that's her and that it's it's a okay for her to feel strongly like that, um, and and b that like I don't need to like rush in to fix it. Uh, and it's okay for her to just like ride that, ride that out. You know, I'm always always be there for cuddles and things like that. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I don't need to. Yeah, it's okay for, for us to say no or for her to not have something straight away. Or yeah, whereas before, yeah, we, we very quickly because when a child is a baby, you do need to respond quickly to their mm-hmm. needs. It's like part of being a good parent. But then as she's getting older, it's like. Oh, okay. She's like, I <laughs> know how to get you what want I want. This and you're escalating <laughs> this very quickly doesn't mean you need to have it. Yeah, yeah you we're can't still working use... that. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just saying, we're still working on that with our 10 year old. So mm. <laughs> and the, the road is long. The road is long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Having that awareness of, who the people in your immediate vicinity, what their, what their designs are is so helpful Mm -hmm. to understand, okay, how do I interact with that? How do I conserve my own energy? That's that awareness is key. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Speaking of energy, actually I had a question related to this and maybe yeah, it's a bit short-sighted, or I, I don't know, maybe, like, now we're talking about this stuff, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, myself, have, like, I've probably something, I don't know, all projectors maybe think about once in their life is, like, becoming a therapist, because you naturally feel like, you know, like <laughs> We want to solve everyone's problems. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. We want to give advice. Exactly, yeah, we, we want, want people advice. to, like, listen, yeah. take our advice. But uh, something that came up for me that I was thinking for you is how do you think when, as a therapist, you're, and I guess you're trained to do this, but you're giving like so much attention and focus to these people. How do you think you'll manage your energy like in not taking on the stuff that you're working with other people and because of your, you've got that, like you've got, you're also, you also have an open emotional center like me. So, like, you know, you really feel other people's emotions, which is great, gives you empathy, <laughs> but can also be a lot, you know, that can catch you off guard. Um, so, yeah, how, how do you think you manage, and being a projector, like, have you thought about that? Um, or are you just, like, super pumped about doing it? <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of both. But, no, I actually have thought about that because, again, as an actor, you do a ton of shows every week sometimes eight shows a week you need to be able to Crazy. step out so you of... would sorry i because I, I did want to ask about that as well so when you're in new york you were doing like yeah the full like what is it six night shows two matinees well that's kind of like eight shows a week yeah sometimes even like so that's usually broadway broadway is like eight shows a week um but like yeah. even on a contract for a summer stock gig or just a regional theater production, you're you're probably doing somewhere around eight shows a week. So you oh, wow. really need to learn how to conserve your energy. And again, going back to like the 60-40, I would say it's about 80-20. The 80-20 rule is so important to not just like give 100% on night one because by your like yeah. <laughs> Sunday matinee, you're not going to have a voice. So that that is like the like how do you pace yourself and also there's something to be said about your you've conditioned yourself to be in that place 
physically, mentally, and emotionally already. Mm-hmm. I think right now, if I were yeah. to jump into a, sh- a run, I would I would be like, no, I need to I need to work back up into this. So I think there's a little bit of that as a therapist. I'll be in a place where okay, I've done enough of this. I know how to handle this. But yeah, I've definitely considered it that. Um, Reiki is uh, something that I mm. practice and so huh. that form of, of like healing my energy after a client leaves the room and like bringing yeah. my uh, connecting all of my chakras and getting everything in alignment and maybe uh, healing any gaps that may have formed in that session removing mm. any of the energy that I might have taken on literally f- the physical gestures of it to really help and because I am such a physically based person shaking it out like the shaking and dancing it out or maybe doing like some sun salutations in between sessions something that will help ground me physically because then the mind always follows suit and the the energetic body as well oh so good defined Defined root center. I was just going to say defined root center. Wait, what does that mean? (laughs) So, like, you have a defined root center, and our root, our root is like um, governs stress. So, you have like this ability to like be really calm, like when like shit hits the fan. But like, you also can impact other people with your stress. So, like, when things are a little bit hectic, movement is super helpful. So it's like, <laughs> I think about all of these like somatic embodiment tools that you use, like tapping and like dancing and like shaking, that are, you know, very natural to the needs of your design. It's like intuitively trusting that you know what your body needs. Mm, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You just hit the nail on the head right there. That's really cool. <laughs> so do you have any, qu- Kyle, did you have any more questions for Gina? Uh, no, but yeah, I'd love to hear if she's got any. Yeah. More, do you have any um, questions, for, questions us? for us? Um, no, I don't think so. I feel, I feel like I know a lot about Brandy's design and I, I think it's really funny that we're all projectors on this call yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that Kyle you and I are both splenic projectors yeah um yeah I don't think I do <laughs> not that I can think of right now of course we'll get off the call and I'll be like oh dang it I meant to ask this one thing <laughs> light me up girlfriend you got I know you got hotline bling just text me <laughs> I am so grateful for that, truly, because sometimes I'll give you a call and we'll just be like talking about literally nothing or everything and nothing at the same time. And then you'll drop like this really knowledgeable truth bomb about human design. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Brandy, you just blew my mind. I have so much to sit with now. (laughs) So I am very grateful. I projector the shit out of you. (laughs) Yes, you do. That's fine. Yep. I've been been there, Gina. (laughs) on the receiving end of that too. Yeah. Like I need a moment. <laughs> My five line can't help but try to solve everyone's problems. I'm sorry. Yeah. And you're welcome. <laughs> I think that's gonna be the hardest part about being a therapist is as a coach right now, I'm I'm very solution focused of like how are we gonna fix this problem. But as a therapist, you're not that's not always the goal. The end goal is not always to you know, be giving people advice and be like making these leaps to like get to the goal. It's like, okay, well let's, let's work through what is here and help you lead yourself to the goal (laughs) if you want it. So I think that's going to be really hard for me to be like, but I, I can fix it for you. Let me just fix it. (laughs) I'm like, that's stressing me. I'm just thinking about it. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I mean, granted there are different, you know, theories or different um, modalities of therapy that I'll probably lean into but yeah that's that'll definitely be the the biggest challenge for me (laughs) well you could be like have you have you guys seen the tv show shrinking it's like oh yes yeah Yeah. Jason Segal and uh, Harrison Ford 
um yeah yeah you so you could be like him where he just like loses it and starts giving his clients advice yeah he's like i am done it, well, it works for some of them but yeah right it could work and then it could backfire for yeah. for others yep so which good. the the character harrison ford's character is meant to be based on phil stutz who's also in there was that the doco done on him on netflix yes um, i don't know if you're familiar with his work as well i really like his stuff the tools yeah that's um, a powerful documentary if, if brandy if you get a chance to see it or if your audience gets a chance to see it it's on TV. um netflix i know she doesn't watch tv she's she's a busy being a super mom <laughs> yeah, yeah right. another one. i'm like i'm laying so we've down <laughs> Have you watched Interstellar yet, Brandy? I haven't. It, it was on my okay. flight the other day, and it was a red uh-huh. eye, and so I slept. But I'm going. Uh, I'm. I'm going somewhere in two weeks, and it is on my flight watch list. Trust and believe. I, don't I know. trust okay. and believe. I don't know if I'm the little watching. the little screen is going to do it justice, but you know. Um, but that's like the yeah, only we'll time see. that I like watch movies is on yeah. planes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as you feel comfortable crying in front of like. Oh, everyone. I don't care. Uh, yeah. It won't uh-huh. be the first time or the last. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good one. So you've got that to watch and then you need to like okay. watch this uh, Stutz documentary mm-hmm. as well. All right. Um, On yeah, it. I found his stuff really helpful and again kind of like some of it like lines up with, with um human design as well, like some of the little practices he has like um the grateful flow and there's actually one called Inner Authority. Oh wow, yeah. That's in his book, yeah, yeah. That's similar. You 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 look at the um, you look at your what he calls your shadow. So it's like this part of yourself that like represents all the things that you like dislike about yourself, and then you embrace it um, and like work together to to do it. And actually, my wife found that one really helpful for posting to her social media and things like that mm. um, before she would do that. That's so uh, awesome. you should have Zoe read no bad parts. No bad parts. Yeah, actually, I was thinking. Um, like all the stuff you talked about. Well, they get my show Gina, Even like the Reiki stuff, I feel like mm. she would really um, resonate with doing that. Because she likes to even do this thing like where she like chops the cords. So she like imagines like mm. the cords of everyone else. And I've tried doing it and I was like, this doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> uh, but it, it like works for her like every time. Maybe it's like to find room. A couple of times. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it would be interested to know what that is or if it's um she's also like open open head so like you know other people's ideas um yeah anyway we could go down <laughs> i know i'm like this is <laughs> this has become lengthy we appreciate if you're still if you're still <laughs> listening bless your heart gina how yes. do people how do people find you um you can find me on instagram or tiktok at the yogina and then i have uh, my website the yogina.com and um yeah sign up for my mailing list i send it out like once a month right now <laughs> when i get, when i um am, i have more time i try to do it every two weeks and yeah and what's your podcast called oh yes my podcast it's so it's so brand new yeah. that I know. I, i'm like forget to talk podcast. about it. yes <laughs> it's called the lean into love podcast and yeah i think i'm gonna drop episode five tomorrow so it's it's still in its infancy but it's been really um such a wonderful experience to share what it means to you know, be a human in this world uh, that we've been conditioned to to fear, and instead, how to choose love and and lean into that love. So it's a spiritual yeah. self love podcast. Oh, so good! Yeah, so I found that I just found that on Apple Podcasts on Spotify as well. So I imagine it's okay. it's wherever people want it. So if you're listening to this, you can literally go over now and have a look at uh, Gina's podcast inside your app. And check out more uh, about her and what she's about. Yep. Well, thank you so much for having me on, you guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. It's been our pleasure. And we can't wait to have you back and project the shit out of us. (laughs) (laughs) And then have you guys on my podcast, too. (laughs) We'll just keep the fun going. Yeah. People are like, great. Can't wait. (laughs) 
Hi, it's Kyle again. I just wanted to take a moment at the end of this episode to thank you for listening. If you'd like to show us some love or uh, keep in touch with new episodes that we bring out, make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast player and also give us a heart or a like or a thumbs up or whatever they've got there as that helps us with the algorithm gods. Uh, if you could leave us a review, if you've got a message for us, please leave us a review if your app lets you, because we also really appreciate that and really appreciate reading those. And if you'd like to get in touch or send us a message, the easiest way to do that is to hop on the Instagram, find us at at WellDesignedHD, and just send us a message through there, and that'll uh, go to both of us. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back again soon.